Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to Birds All Day, episode number 201. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here. It is the dawn of spring training. It is the spring training eve. I don't know. There's pitchers and there's catchers. They all, they're showing up. They're doing their thing. We're getting pick, quit picks of palm trees. It's all anyone could ever really ask for in the middle of a miserable and gray, wet, uh, dismal February. Uh, and then, and, you know, for me, I'm good. I'm happy. It makes me happy. And speaking of happy, there's no happier person uh, that I know than the person who's joining me as always. Uh, old reliable. Uh, Mr. Happy Hap, Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think my reputation is a, a, a happy sort of curmudgeon person, but uh, yeah, I'm all right. You know, I think you. I think you are. You have a much sunnier disposition than maybe your online voice would lead some to believe. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, have you ever have you ever been online? It is. Uh, <laughs> it's horrible. It's just a horrible cesspool. So I, <laughs> I am online all the time at work, and I started thinking about the thing that I think about all the time, which is. The guy that made the video of No Country for Old Men, where he changed all the dialogue when they're <laughs> yeah. on the phone, and, yeah. and it's like, and like the Anton Chigurh, like, uh, I heard you're canceled, like that thing. I, I think about that all the time, like nonstop, to the point where I was at work and I was logged into like the work account, so I didn't want to use, you know, I don't log into my account at work, which is a lie, but on like a work <laughs> computer. So I, right. I felt oh, I started thinking about that video again. And I Google, and I so I went to find it. I'm like, I'll just search it and find it. And someone else had essentially said the exact same thing that I thought, which is that video is the only thing that gives me any peace in this world right now, is thinking about a guy doing an impression of Josh Brolin saying, you better miss me with that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because it's, uh, it's brilliant. It is... It is unadulterated brilliance. Speaking of brilliance, let's talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. So we've done 200 uh, times before, and we're going to hopefully do 200 uh, more. I hope everyone enjoyed last week's show. It was a bit of a change of pace. I actually, uh, it was on TV. I was watching the Donovan Bailey special that preceded the uh, the Man vs. Machine that we discussed last week. Kind of fun. We got some good feedback about that one, which was nice. Yeah, that was a fun episode. We, uh... Yeah, maybe we should think about having guests sometime. I remember, I know that we used to, and we kind of we like have. exhausted the whole uh, bantering with guests thing a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it went well. I enjoyed uh, just hanging back and being drunk and <laughs> making jokes, popping off. Yeah, it was good. It was it was very on brand. Uh, it was good. Then again, thank you everybody who reached out with some feedback, and, and thanks of course to Simon for joining us. One thing I do want to do. Speaking of like throwbacks. I'm going to throw it back and uh, do some thank yous. I want to say thank you to Andrew Robertson, to uh, Leonard Digout, to Tyler Hellert, and to Matt Elliott, uh, who have joined the uh, the ranks, or rejoined the ranks, potentially, uh, of the Patreon supporters here in February. So thanks to all of those fine people. Uh, Matt Elliott, you might know, is a uh, dogged City Hall slash transit reporter. So... If you he he has I'm not sure if it's Patreon supported, but I know that he has like a, a kind of user supported uh, a newsletter that he that he produces 
about City Hall, about the transit file in particular. So if you're interested in that, if you're basically, if you're me, <laughs> go, check, <laughs> go check that out. So thanks to them and thanks to everybody who's uh, who stuck with us from the beginning to today. 201 episodes. Uh, and as a reminder, if you are one of those people who, who I have just read your name or there are there people who have been with us through thick and thin, uh, you should have received this week your second uh, edition of Vlad, uh, Vlad Religion, the Vlad Guerrero-inspired newsletter. Uh, feedback's been good. People have been opening it. I'm you know, diligently checking the, the stats, seeing who opens it and who doesn't. So I know, Findlay, if you don't open it, and uh, but thank you. And if you want to get it, if you don't, if you're not sure what it is, just reach shoot out, shoot me an email, and you can uh, get the Vlad Religion newsletter. Now that there is baseball-looking things happening, there'll be more and more to talk about. So that's it. That's the housekeeping off the top. patreoncom words all day, as you know. SoundCloud, iTunes, Soundcatcher, the whole deal. Now you see when I when I sign up for a newsletter, as I frequently do. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's not that's not giving my consent to have people know whether I opened a document or not. I don't care for this. I will I, say I would this. like to quietly support and pad the number of subscribers while not, of course, not Vlad religion. I mean, just newsletters in general, while mm-hmm. not actually partaking in any of the consumption of the content. That's what email I'd mar- like to do. Email marketing is a very uh, advanced science, not science, but there's a lot that goes into it. They segment their every any business worth its, its salt has an email list that is heavily curated and heavily segmented. Where if you are a person like you who maybe is not responsive to emails, they will send you specific emails like with different copy and different everything else and different uh, return addresses to try to try to coax you into opening it so that you may rejoin the flock of the regular readers and presumably person you know money givers that's the obviously the the end goal of any good newsletter but uh it's really uh there's a lot of of um of information that's out there you know uh within the those email those email programs and i like and we just use mailchimp because it's there but uh, if you are an email marketer and you're on this and you got any tips for us uh, shoot me an email so i'm just dip, dipping my toes into the segmenting waters but uh I don't think I'm going to do it. Either you get it or you don't. If you don't want to get it anymore, then you do unsubscribe and you you won't be bothered. And my feelings won't be hurt. Mostly. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Probably, yeah. I think that's <laughs> understandable. Bit. I think that's understandable. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, God bless them. God bless the male chimps of the world. The female chimps also. Or any chimps. All of the chimps. <laughs> the tiny letters, the medium-sized letters, the little letters, yeah. the big letters. Speaking of uh, feelings hurt. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is not going to want to sign an extension with the Toronto Blue Jays because they're screwing with his service time. Vlad has not yet arrived to spring at the time of recording. By the time you hear this, he should probably have been there, maybe. Uh, But he's already the topic of discussion at Blue Jays camp today when Ross Atkins was like, yeah, yeah, you know, he'll probably start the season in Buffalo as we um, continue to work on fielding, and being a good teammate, and so on, and so forth. Uh, it's just, the, it's, he's only going to say the things he's able to say, and it's stupid and frustrating, but it, 
but it is. It's stupid and frustrating. I, I don't want to make excuses for him or be like, well, that's how it is. It still sucks. It's still dumb. But it's what's happening. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. He did a little bit today talk about like the, uh, the weight of expectations and how that's... I, I think that that could be an effective tool, you know, if I'm doing the, the, like, the shitty analysis of how they're, you know, trying to spin this thing that's obviously horseshit. Uh, you know, I think that there is something perhaps to the idea that, uh, like, you bring Vlad up on, on opening day and there's uh, the, the, weight of, the weight of the whole city is on him. Uh, it's going to happen anyway, and that's, that would be a stupid uh, attempt to excuse uh, what they're obviously doing, which is manipulating his service time to get extra you know, year of control out of him. But uh, I don't know. I thought that was mildly interesting i it, what it was interesting to me was more that people sort of pretended like he was going to say anything else and then got mad when he didn't but that i didn't quite get but i, I that, that could just have been a, a a narrow band of people on my timeline or, or a narrow band of people in the the responses or the replies to you know shy and, and ben nicholson smith or whoever else was was tweeting out mm-hmm. what uh what atkins was saying because uh, yeah there was a bit of a moment there on uh on the twitter at least this morning when he was uh, you know, when that stuff was starting to filter out, uh, where people were were really, you know, taking some hacks, you know, getting into midseason form of, uh, of front office hate, which is uh, which is going to be a thing, I think, around here, uh, continue to be a thing for a while, even though you all know goddamn well what this season's about and what you know what they're doing and uh, what the expectations are. Uh- Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the only thing that matters at all for 2019 for the Blue Jays. It's the only thing. Well, yes, it's, it will. Watching Marcus Stroman presumably return to form in in a lot of ways in a in a performance way as a in addition you know, performance hopefully then aligns with the process and aligns with the peripheral statistics and things like that. That's important. Seeing if Aaron Sanchez can pull a rabbit out of the hat again. I don't know. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to you trying to, or continuing to try to run Aaron Sanchez out of town. That's going to be, for me, that's going to be an exciting aspect of the season. Through strikes one year. <laughs> one year he threw strikes. Uh, all Everything else. All <laughs> like the regular run-of-the-mill, your team sucks. Let's see if we can incrementally raise the floor from the fucking basement to the penthouse. The bullshit garbage that we've been fed. None of that shit matters because it's all garbage. None of it's going to really make a difference. Whether or not they are able to extract a, a minute amount of value from Randall Gritchick or Teoscar Hernandez or Evan Travis, if they, instead of tra- cutting them, they are able to trade them for a, the 45th ranked prospect in the Padre system, none of that shit matters. That's not what's going to make the team good or bad in the future. It's not. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s season is all that matters. It is the story. And every day that they come out here and they fucking lie, it makes the story worse. It puts more of a of a microscope. It puts more of a shines a brighter light on the fact that they're standing in front of everyone and bullshitting. And they're 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 screwing him and they're screwing the fans for fucking nothing. If they want him to be a blue jay for a lo- an extra period, Fucking pay him to be a Blue Jay for an extra period of time. Pay him for another season. Pay him for a bunch. Slip that stupid, uh, what's that goof in, I can't remember the name, the Kingery, here, sign this and you'll be up on opening day. 
Try that, even though it's trash, but it's worth a shot. Just don't fucking lie. But they have to. I understand that, but it's just such garbage. And 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 I, you you noted and you called it. You described it as pissing and here I go. I'm going off just so you know. Oh, go for it. Uh, you described it as pissing and moaning about the about the payroll because the payroll next year is going to be fucking nothing. Right, this year they're gonna dance around and say like, "Well, we're still paying Martin, we're still paying Chulwitzki, they've still got uh, Morales' money is still on the books, and 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 you know, whoever else." There's no reason that they can't like. There's nothing if they if they even if they sign Dallas Keuchel, yeah, right. It's at the he's he's out of phase with their with their win. Who fucking cares? Put a a reasonably competitive team on the field. I don't care if Rodgers is getting a one-to-one return on investment on the salary. I don't care. Make the team interesting. Hoping and praying that Clayton Richard can can, uh, de-pumpkinize or that Ryan Barucki or some other slop-tossing lefty with no track record or hoping that Sean Reed Foley and Aaron Sanchez and all these guys can maybe find the strike zone. Make me fucking care. Make me care about the team. Make it marginally interesting because other than Vlad Guerrero Jr. the 2019 team is going to be fucking trash it's not going to be worth watching and it doesn't they're not going to lower the ticket prices they're not going to do anything different we're just we're just expected to accept this just accept that in order to make the team good at some way off time in the future it needs to be shitty now and I don't want to accept that anymore it's bullshit and it's infuriating that you could put... I don't care if they're not going to win the World Series. I don't care if they're not going to be as good as the Red Sox and the Yankees, even if they spent $60 million this year. I don't fucking care. Make the team interesting or marginally good because these teeny little incremental... Like, oh, maybe Sean Reed Foley will, will make 30 starts once. Who fucking knows? That is nothing. Those guys, it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth my emotional energy as a fan. It's not worth my fucking money. That much is true. Make it, like, just try. Try to do something that isn't the same empty, poor mouth, pulling your pockets inside out and be like, we gotta start over. You don't. You don't have to start over. Make the team interesting. Do something that isn't nothing, and maybe then I will return that emotional energy that I'm reserving right now because it's the first day of spring training. I should be so excited about this team, and I'm so fed up with it already. Sorry. I'm just... No, I'm just waiting for one of your trademark uh, Bobcat-isms. Are you wearing the sunglasses? <laughs> Absolutely, I am. In, in my <laughs> it's home. Not, it's not my money. Yeah, I, <laughs> but it isn't my money, and, and it isn't my money. And they, every team has a budget. They'll 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 scream it till they're till they're blue in the face. It doesn't matter. I don't care about your budget. I don't. There's nothing, not a single contract the Blue Jays could sign today that would be an impediment to any any future movement or any future improvements to the team at all. Nothing. I don't care what deal you sign if you signed Bryce Harper. If you're like, oh, well, we got to pay Bryce Harper $40 million. Good, do it. I don't give a fuck. Sign him and bring him in. If that money is stopping you from paying Vlad in the future, then what are we talking about here? Build a winning team. Build a winning team. Is that too much to ask? No, you're absolutely not wrong. No, it's, I mean it's just it's a structural thing in the game, right? I mean that's uh, you know the Jays 
absurd as this is going to sound, because you're right, it's I, I don't think that trash is is quite the right word for you know every single other person on this team that isn't Vlad. Uh, I think you can see some interesting things in Guriel and Jansen, and there's guys if you go down the list, small you know victories as those may may be, but also every fucking other team is doing this. Like the Jays might end up fucking backing their way into the second wild card race because. Like, what, we're going to hand it to Tampa now? Because they, they're projecting, like, you know, eight, eight nine wins more than the Blue Jays are? Like, there's and with dog shit in between, the Twins and the fucking Angels with Otani on the, uh, with, with uh, you know, with the Tommy John and the, the Mariner, you know, who all these teams are bad. And, and, and that's odd. And I don't know that that's going to uh, quicken anybody's blood, uh, you know, as the season goes along. But, uh, but so I, I don't know. So I think there's there there's maybe a little more to this season than than what you're saying. But also you're absolutely right. But also I think a lot of that anger gets misplaced in that it's you know it only takes one team I guess to break the mold. But fucking Rod the one owned by Rogers isn't going to do it. And I I don't know what to do. And it's not a thing that's just in this market. But it's a thing where I think that the real smart guys who are building the business model. Uh, might be missing something really kind of fundamental about you know keeping people engaged and wanting to be emotionally invested and and you know not pricing them out of the stadium because they can and like no and and not just treating their product like uh you know like a fucking arbitrage arbitrage uh, board game and like it's fucking stock ticker uh you know I don't yeah I don't know I I we've talked about this all winter uh, about the economics of the game and, and and this is where you know now that the season's starting to get underway it's really actually you know becoming tangible and becoming a, a, about something that we're actually watching and it is uh, you're right it's just shitty and frustrating that there's a that there's an inferior product and that there's ways for the team to be better and that nobody or so few teams in the game or basically none of them frankly I guess uh, with Harper and Machado and Keiko still out there uh are operating in good faith about you know with as a with the intent to actually win a championship like not even you know the good teams uh, they're so afraid of the luxury tax that they're not going after guys that could just that could genuinely help put them over the top and it, it's it's just so fundamentally broken that it's not worth it in these uh, organizations minds to spend that much money on those kind of players and that that it, you know, you, like you, everything we're saying, like you, like with the service time stuff, it's like, I get it. I understand why they're operating the way that they are. But you look at it and you're just like, this is bullshit. This fucking sucks. And, you know, we're so early into this year where all these teams are going to be bad. All these markets are going to be out of it. You know, winning the second wild card in the American League is going to be a date to, to get fucking your head bashed in in Yankee Stadium. Like that's pointless and that's why teams are treating it as pointless and not going for it but it's it you know it it, it could eventually become not yeah maybe an existential threat to the game i think that's maybe a bit a bit much but that's i mean i think that's something that that, that maybe the teams are taking for granted and maybe the smart guys are taking for granted especially with the fact that you know you're steaming towards a fucking labor situation in a couple of years as well which tangentially but not really speaking of the vlad stuff 
is going to rip up the whole fucking CBA as it is anyway. So, you know, whatever manipulation you're trying to do under, you know, the rules of the current CBA might not even be, you know, it might just be a completely different system by the time that Vlad reaches those points where it's going to matter. So you may be doing all this for fucking nothing. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a joke. I don't know. It's a, it's, and it's something that, I don't know, I, I can, I obviously am a different sort of media person. I could go to the press box if I want. It sucks because it's an office and people want to work there and nobody wants me fucking hanging around their office. And I, <laughs> not, that they, not that they've ever told me that, but, but I assume I wouldn't want me hanging around their office because, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not down there doing the actual like reportery legwork. I kind of do a different thing. Uh, so I'm. So I can say that I'm a person who could go and spend my money like you on you know, going to watch baseball games. It's a little harder now that I'm out in Peterborough these days. But uh, even if I wasn't, yeah, there's not a lot of fucking appeal. They're like, what? you know, baseball's fun. It's nice to be out in the sun in the summer. And when it gets a little bit better weather-wise, and you're not going to be like sweating in the humid dome, I can see, you know, attendance like it always does will go up a little bit. But, but yeah, I don't I, what is drawing people to the park other than Vlad? I don't know. And I think you're absolutely right that, you know, they've bought themselves a year with the, the payroll as it is, but next year, next winter, when they don't spend, it's going to be, you know, it's, it's just going to be all over again. The, the anger that we saw when Shapiro and Atkins came in, that we saw when Anthopolis talked about, Payroll parameters. I don't know if people read uh, or watched anything. Like uh, uh, Craig Calcaterra at, at uh, Hardball Talk was like the, the Braves think their fans are idiots and had a scathing thing uh, today about uh, it was sort of pivoting off a piece at the Athletic actually from uh, from Dave O'Brien and I'm forgetting the other co-writer's name who are uh, who interviewed uh, Anthopoulos and uh, and the Braves president uh, something McGurk, <laughs> which I should probably remember also, but. Uh, uh, you know, I think that's just going to be something that's repeated over and over and over. Especially because every team, every fan base is trying to be like, oh, wait for 2021. And uh, guess what? All fucking 17 to 26 of you aren't going to win that year either. It's uh, it's just a big, it's a big con. And it's, uh, and it's just so obvious when guys like Harper and Machado are sitting out there. You're right. There was, I think it was uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. There, someone opened up their books and basically revealed that the difference in terms of money that uh, that a bad team makes versus a good team is very, it's less than you think. Uh, in the NFL, it's probably a little bit different because they only have eight home dates and they're inevitably basically sold out anyway. But they, my thinking, and that, and it seems like. All the uh, something we've talked about a hundred times probably before, but all the attention that Mark Shapiro gives to the stadium is the whole deal is to set up the team so that if if and when you get to the point that you have a winner, you are able to maximize the revenue during those times. Like when the team is good, it will be a windfall. And when the team is bad, we'll just make sure that we're paying, we keep costs as low as we can because the money comes in regardless, right? The league shares money around. Now, if there are 20 stadiums this year that have no atmosphere and nobody goes and nobody wants to watch on TV, um, you know, if that starts to become an issue with the, 
the people who are spending all this this rights money to 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 build this to you know if, if i'm the rangers got some kind of crazy tv deal but if they're bad and rebuilding and, and always bad like what am i paying for you know if you want me to put these games on tv every day like put a competitive product out there but that pressure has not is yet to surface in baseball i think that there's there's yet to be that sort of incentive and uh you know, Mark Normandin has written about this before. Yeah. He's got a got enough speaking of, you know, guy with a with a Patreon and and a, and a newsletter. He writes a lot about labor stuff from a very late pro labor perspective. And there's a I think it was Peter Uberoth who had the button test where he said you got a button, you got a button in front of you, two buttons in front of you. Push one now and you will win the World Series but lose four million dollars in the process. And the other button is you will have a losing record but you'll win ten million dollars. And he said. Basically, it was every single one of you that pushed the World Series button is an idiot. He's like, because, you know, you're you forgot all your business sense. You're supposed to be a business. And I feel like that is the the crux of what where we're at. Right. They're like, yeah, I could if I, I could win the I, why would I lose money and win the World Series when I can make money over and over and over again? And if the World Series being like a happy accident, a happy part of it. But I think, you know, you touched on it. And, and I do wonder what it's going to look like. It, what, what happens when the cable money dries up? What happens when when the, the people who are paying for these cable rights are mad? Because they've destroyed the game because no one's trying to be good. No one's trying to win. And they would rather sort of maybe cheat their way in. Not cheat their way, but, you know, somehow build a winner through this ultra ultra low cost way or not build a winner at all but uh, at least i didn't go blow my brains out spending money on a player that is expensive relative to the ones who aren't i don't know dumb yeah well because it's not a it's not a traditional business and 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 the way that they're running it is is odd that way because obviously yeah players are going to make more than maybe they bring in and that is yeah that does go against your your business sense but but in order for your business to work you can't just completely take for granted the fact that you're an entertainment product for fans and if you're not doing the entertainment and the, the entertaining and, and you know Shapiro will say that very thing or Atkins will say that very thing is that they're an entertainment product it's like well it's a real fucking shitty product right now and you're one of about fucking 22 of them right you know across the game uh you know uh real exciting way to start the season <laughs> diving into stuff like this and i i you know i hope it is mm-hmm. you know baseball is a wonderful sport and a wonderful game and it'll be nice to to see people playing it in high, high levels and all sorts of shit like that but yeah it, it's uh you know there was the, the piece and i think we re- referenced it uh a couple weeks ago uh, from the fields of schemes guy had a piece at deadspin and uh, i think that was the one where you talked about horse racing or i saw somebody was talking about mm-hmm. how you know just sports that that just sort of sort of faded into irrelevance uh, just because, you know, I don't, you know, the, the whole history of those things are, 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 are complicated and I, mm-hmm. I am not equipped to speak to horse racing's decline, I suppose, or, you know, why the Argos have failed or why NASCAR is going the wrong way. But it's, you know, uh, I don't know, you gotta, you gotta just, you gotta keep giving the fans what they want to keep being engaged in your product and whatever happened with those sports, you see what happens when the fan passion dissipates uh it doesn't necessarily just snap right back uh and uh, i think baseball has to be you know should be concerned about that other side to the coin that is the uh the very narrow value uh conscious 
way that all these teams are being built. And we've said it before. Fans love transactions. Why do people go so crazy for the NBA? It's like it's because of the the transactions, the machinations of team, not team building, but like these assemblances of power. People might want to say that it's bad for the league, but the league is more popular now than it's ever been. People love the the, the super teams. They love the idea of who's going to take down the Warriors. Where what's what LeBron going to do with is you know is Anthony Davis going to go like the, It's all people want to talk about. The games are not necessarily secondary. But you know, again, the NBA is is, is that has never been more popular. It is it is blowing up. It is these total imbalance in terms of of, uh, of quality of teams. But people still love it. And the regular season is basically like has serves almost no purpose. <laughs> well, yeah. Right? There's like there's no point to the regular season in the NBA. You can seed the teams on 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 November first. And it, it, the chances of them being that, that much different than what you predict is are slim. And people will still show up to watch the playoffs. But, and, and I think that it gets back to the, you know, they, they, what Calcaterra says about Braves fans is true of all fans, like that we are idiots, that we've made this investment and we're all just all in. And there's no, it's, it's really hard to, to step back from it. And to say, like, no, I'm not interested this year. I'm not going to re-up my MLB TV package, which is why they fucking auto-renew you. Uh, <laughs> they sure do. Which... Uh, or, and the same with your, your pack, like your, your ticket pack or whatever. But then it's as soon as the team's good, they're going to start. If they don't suck you in, they're going to suck somebody else in. Somebody who maybe wasn't, uh, isn't a die-in-the-wool baseball fan, but just can't wait to be there. Can't wait to be part of that, because being part of winning anything is fun. You know, people who people who don't have a great love of TFC got or soccer at all got caught up in, in those two, two two full years where TFC was the best team in the league, right? Then just being a part yeah, of that, yeah. being a part of the celebrations, being a part of a full bar or like a, people are getting together, or people talking about it at work or wherever it might be, it's it's infectious and that's that's what they're selling it, when they need to. Yeah, it is, and I and I mean we saw that with the Blue Jays obviously in 2015 and 2016 as well, but. It's also like I mean you you know the the Argos are I'm I you know I mentioned earlier and it's it, mm. I don't know you could you couldn't fucking infect anybody <laughs> I mean maybe to a point but it just it it had hollowed out the support for for that franchise in that league in the city of Toronto I mean maybe it's I think it's better now that they're at BMO but you know if you just take people for granted for that long uh, it's weird and maybe maybe things will change sooner than i think but it, it doesn't feel it feels like it's pretty clear that the you know the the way that the cba is set up and has been you know moved towards for years and years and years of the owners you know getting the upper hand uh and and you know yeah i i just i it, it's weird because i i am a person who i for years and years and years like would every Sunday eight hours of football would watch all the football knew all you know knew every roster in the league you know mm-hmm. super into that college football for a while too and you know just kind of not not for any specific reason more just because it was you know this is a personal thing more for me but like just I don't know because it was focused on baseball and other sports and shit but uh like I'll just I'll never go back I didn't even watch the Super Bowl this year I don't I think I watched like half a quarter of NFL this year uh and it doesn't bother me at all uh and it doesn't it doesn't excite me it doesn't make me want to be you know get into it and like sometimes when you let people get to that point where they just stop caring that much you're not going to get them back and 
and and they are like actively doing things that are telling fans like we don't care if you care like we're telling you right now just take a nap this year take a nap next year and mm. uh, things are supposed to be better it's like well you know you have to keep the people engaged you have to make them believe that you're going to try to win and be you know that this is a good faith exchange of our passion and money for your team with, with you know the potential outcome you know that you're doing whatever you can to win it's i don't know i don't know I, it's easy we're getting we're worked up here obviously but mm. uh so maybe it's easy to make generalizations that that are emotional and not necessarily right because i know we've watched a lot of fucking bad baseball for a long time and stuck with it but uh but just seeing the way that it is across the league, it's it, it's uh, it's dispiriting. It's like, you know, I was looking at the projections. That's why I was, I was quoting some earlier there. Uh, and yeah, it's just there's there's four teams in the American League, and then the rest are just you know a, a mess of, you know, it's from the Rays down to well, the, the Orioles are in their own category. But it, there's just there's so many mediocre teams that haven't done anything to not be mediocre. I feel like this year could potentially be worse. I, I, I think that compared to last year, the Jays, the Mariners, and the Rangers are all worse, and and all or all have lowered expectations and not. See that, that's what it, I think. The Jays are going to win more games in twenty nineteen than they did twenty eighteen. I think it'll be a more mm. interesting season, uh, but it's going to matter exactly as much, which is not at fucking all. Mm. Um, Let's change the topic back a little bit. One of the the things people have, I've seen more and more and people talking about and and kind of guessing is when will Vlad Guerrero make his debut? We should make this like a weekly thing. We'll kind of like take the temperature like a two minutes to midnight sort of thing. Like what time, how long? Uh, if I had to guess, I'm still going to go with my initial, I think I guessed this months ago. I think April 15th, I believe. Uh, April 15th is a, is a home or away at the Twins. I think that will be Vlad Guerrero's debut, April 15th. April 15th. Fifteen. Okay, I am sorry. I'm just pulling up the schedule here. I have a mm-hmm. I have a strong idea. I am going to say June. <laughs> June what? June what? Uh, it's so hard to say. Uh, I mean, do they? Uh, June seventh, maybe? Is that a home? Oh, that's a home one. No, no. That's Friday home at the D-back. Yeah, let's say June 11th against Baltimore, the Baltimore-Houston road trip. I think that'll, June! Will that, will that push off Super 2? Oh my god. It will push off Super 2, but it will... <laughs> it will incite a riot, is what it will do. I will be... On May 1st, I will be at... With, like, pitchfork and torch in hand. May 1st, if, they, if there's no sign of him. For no reason other than seasoning. Let that be known. Unless I'm wearing a mask, then it's not me. Someone looks <laughs> like it. My, April 15th was the day that Chris Bryant, I believe, made his debut. And the season started even later that year. Um, I believe he was kind of forced up due to an injury in Chicago. He but, was. 
Which is what sort that? of why it was like the first possible day, which I think it was sort of part of the grievance thing, right? Which it was like you, like you made it so obvious that yeah, <laughs> that oh, human... we need you now, so you're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I still think the fifteenth away away series, uh, out on the west coast even, and then there's an off day, and then there's a midweek game against the Giants would be the home debut. So I'll be there either way, but. That's my guess. April fifteenth. So we'll see. We'll 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 listen to Ross Atkins, you know, double speak for a, a month or so, or and we'll see if we are able to adjust our expectations. But that's that's the day I'm working with in my head. Yeah, you know, I mean, Ross doesn't want to get fired. That's the thing. I like. I mean, you cause a you cause a grievance. You say the wrong thing. You end up losing the the extra year that you have done so much bullshitting to to acquire uh you know that's a that's not a point in a gm's favor which is just i mean it's just so fucked how detached this that that economic system is to you know the rea- the reality of what is best for the players what is best for the fans and the product and all that bullshit but you know i don't know true it that that it, it, like i'm obviously the great defender of these people which people really really irks a lot of People who've been reading me for a long time, but it's like being one of them, as you are. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, yeah. But no, I don't know. It's like I, I can't. I it, he has to. He has to lie. It's his fucking job to lie. I don't know. It's not. It's not. He's not the guy we're trying to to run the coup in Venezuela, right? I mean, the, the, it's not, the stakes aren't so high. That no, I, that that's that I true. I, I don't. I don't. I don't personally begrudge. Uh, March Power or Ross Atkins. I don't think that it's anything different than anyone else would be doing. The entire game has gone in this direction. We talk about this team, so that is who is the 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 direction in which my ire is directed. Um, Alex, like you said, Alex Anthopoulos is getting the going through the same sort of bullshit right now in Atlanta. They said that they swore up and down that when we get this new ballpark, the Braves did. We get this new ballpark, we'll spend. And now they're like, well, we don't need to. It's because yeah. we're good. And we we increased uh, our payroll slightly. So we'll be good this year. Uh, just basically backing down and being really wishy-washy on, on that sort of stuff. They have to be careful. It is easy. Also, speaking of Mark Norman, and uh, something I read, and I, I had forgotten, the first, the first collusion settlement, when the baseball was found to have colluded, uh, $280 million they had to pay to the players in like 1985, I want to say. Yeah. Maybe 87. $280 million 30 years ago. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that is. That's uh, Well, I mean, when you think of what the Blue Jays sold for like almost 15 years after that, it was like half, not, less than half of that, wasn't it? Uh, so, yeah, that's a lot of money. Now every team in baseball with a billion dollars. Uh, what else is going on? Anything else? Uh, the first starter thing, you, you touched on it a bit. I, did you touch on it? Ryan Barucki has not been guaranteed a spot in the rotation? Or, I mean, this is, this is like more standard spring training boilerplate. Like, everybody's out there competing for a job. And Ryan Barucki had, uh, you know, a dozen. Was it a dozen? 17. Was it, I think it was 17. 17. Yeah. So, uh, like, a, like a really... Selfless baker's dozen. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right. Yeah. But yeah, like a dozen and a handful. 
Uh, that doesn't get me into many. That doesn't guarantee him anything. Which is, I don't know. I get, I get that. I think it's yeah. I think people were more like, well, so what? What, what has Clayton Richard done to guarantee anything? And it's like, well, he's just a, you know, he is like Freddie Galvis, who apparently I was mispronouncing his name all last podcast. I apologize to Mr. Galvis, mm-hmm. uh, and Kevin Pillar, and got you know, it's just the like this is what bad teams do. It's like, hey, here's like a a cardboard cutout of a baseball player. Go knock him down and take his job if you fucking can. But but if you don't pitch well <laughs> enough to get out of fucking AAA, then I guess we're just going to keep running him out there. Uh, it, that is something I remember we used to lament, too, was like the quality of the bad players that they would get was low. Where there were always like, hey, that's a nice piece. That would guy is like a great fourth outfield, like a Chris Young. The outfielder Chris Young yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Like, he'd be great to have on a... De- when the Blue Jays were not good enough to need a good good fourth outfielder. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's... Yeah, you, you you sort of promise this guy a bit of... It works both ways. You kind of speak up both, both sides. You're, apparently, being a front office is all about lying. They tell Freddie <laughs> Galvis, like, yo, you're going to play every day. You're our shortstop. Meanwhile, you tell Lourdes Gurriel and Bo Bichette, be like, look, that fucking stiff. If you can't take his job, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Well, and cause, and sometimes they don't. I mean, Jesus Christ, Kevin Pillar, like Anthony Alford and Dalton Pompey for like four years have basically been like, here you go, boys. See if you can do better. And the bar is not all that high since you are, you know, capable defenders in center field and just can't stay on the field. Couldn't do it at all. And, uh, you know, uh, he is a, he is a turned into at least somebody who is gonna help clayton richard not get the shit beat out of him every you know all the time uh you know might catch a couple extra extra fly balls and stuff i you know it sometimes it doesn't happen uh, uh so you need guys like that like i i understand entirely ross atkins being like yeah maybe not ready to pencil thomas pannone in for 30 starts against big leaguers uh you know it's uh it will be interesting to see who makes a step forward and who, uh, uh, you know, pitches well enough to start that conversation. But it, I, it's very okay by my, by me to have somebody, you know, a stopgap in the way who could just soak up innings and got a paycheck and, uh, you know, has a chance to maybe turn into a trade piece or is just a guy who, you know, this is a big league opportunity for him that he wasn't going to get in a lot of other organizations. Uh, you know, that's just, that's sort of the deal at this point and uh and i don't know they seem to think uh, that it's not the best idea to just hand these kids jobs like that and uh, which i, I don't know argue? that i disagree yeah i don't know that i disagree with i don't know that i disagree um the one thing that the one thing that is is going to be interesting to watch the thing that i can still get my I, I'm really interested to see the way that this player player development machine sort of gets going. That there's it seems like it's a huge investment that they've made and something that they are going to really stake their reputation on, and it's going to be a bit of a make or break thing for the for the franchise, you know, for better or for worse. So it will be interesting to see if there are opportunities that they can get players to be better, or what, like, or if they can start to groom you know these minor leaguers and and get them kind of going that there there is i am interested in that um but i do want to say one, one thing mm-hmm. kevin pilar is been is you know beloved in some corners and you know derided in others if he has another kevin pilar 
type season in 2019. Kevin Pillar is going to pass Sean Green, <laughs> Lyle Overbay. He could maybe pass Pat Borders. He'll pass Jose Cruz on the career games played list for all-time Blue Jays. Oh, and one other guy, Roberto Alomar. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he will have played more games in a Blue Jays jersey than Roberto Alomar. By uh, by not even that long for Alomar, it's like by the end of April, he'll have passed Alomar and played more donned the Blue Jays jersey more times than Alomar. And the same thing with with uh, Justin Smoke will have played at within by the end of April, have played more games as a Blue Jay than Fred McGriff. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, oh, okay, I knew I knew Alomar hadn't been <laughs> wasn't here for very long, but McGriff feels like he was here for quite some time. Um, and Justin Smoke feels like, uh, I get, yeah, when the hell did he show up? 2014? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he barely bad. had a job. He was bad. He barely had a job. He didn't even make the postseason roster yeah, the one time. Chris Colabello, obviously, yeah. And then, and then he woke up and he was like, hey, I could probably hit home runs. And then he just started to do it. <laughs> Speaking of player development, yeah. shout out to Justin Smoke, just climbing like leaps and bounds up the Blue Jays all-time list for all kinds of wild stuff. <laughs> but yeah, you're, to, to speaking again though of, of player development, I think I think it was the Fangraphs, either the prospect rankings or maybe the piece that they wrote uh, that like uh, Eric Longenhagen wrote when the trade was made with the Astros, called it a win-win, and basically. Trent Thornton is kind of like the guy that you're kind of talking about. He was, mm-hmm. I think, I think he said he's a fifth rounder who was throwing like 88 to 91, and then they turned him into a guy who's throwing much harder than that and looks like he could be a real piece, but not, you know, enough that he's ever going to crack Houston's rotation. And so flipped him for something that's quite useful to Houston in Alenvis Diaz, and 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 that is kind of. I think where I mean obviously the Blue Jays like a lot of teams are you know they Dave Hudgens come over from Houston and they're they're taking a lot that they can learn from that organization because obviously it's pretty fucking well run, uh, and yeah that could be where we see those kind of player development gains that you're sort of talking about and that that I think that uh, Shapiro and Atkins would really love to be able to like point to and be like look this guy wasn't supposed to be anything and now he's added a couple. Miles per hour, and now he's something. Uh, and there's, you know, there's even guys we know about, you know, guys on the forty man. They, like, I don't know, Hector Perez could be something. David Paulino, and uh, speaking of Houston guys, and uh, I don't know, it's sort of in its infancy, right, as well. Like they're they're even just to start to turn the organization around to get to this point uh, has taken a while. You don't just go in. It turns out you get shitty things written about you when you fire people who uh, who worked for the previous regime. So it sometimes takes a while to really get of the you know your ducks in a row and your voice figured out and what you want to do. Uh, you know, a big thing is going to be the complex in Dunedin, which uh, which mm-hmm. is underway, and the you know fans can't go apparently this year to uh, to the Matic complex or whatever uh, uh, whatever they call it now, which is not that. Uh, no, I think it's still that. It's it's like it's like the Matic complex at the something complex at Dunedin Park, or I, I think the city. Oh of Dunedin yeah, has done there's some a there's a sponsor in there somewhere. You're right. But uh, but yeah, so that's going to be obviously huge for them as well, and and a huge part of you know, 
like the shovels are in the ground yeah but it's like once the doors open there it almost feels like that's when they're getting started on being mm-hmm. the kind of organization they want to be like it's it's uh it's a big project this thing where they just stop playing baseball at the big league level for five or six years <laughs> it takes a lot it takes it a village it does to, to destroy a beloved franchise <laughs> um I think I misspoke. I think Justin Smoke was, in fact, on all the postseason rosters. Although uh, Justin Smoke had ten uh, at bats in the postseason and uh, zero there... and zero oh. hits. <laughs> the poor I guy. Th- I think he was left off, and then Devin Travis got hurt, and then they put him back on. Something like that. That I might think, be it. I think people people will remember better than I do because obviously, he played <laughs> twenty fifteen was such a was such a huge huge. I'm thing. looking at it now. Like... So twenty fifteen, he played in the. He played in the in the in the wild card game, but then he only got into one game in the in the in the division series, or and that was only as uh, defensively. And then he only got one at bat in the in the ALCS in 2016. He played a bunch in the first series against the Rangers. He didn't get any hits. He's 0 for 10 as opposed oh. <laughs> in the postseason. No walks. Well, that's because he was fucking terrible back then well, that, that, yeah, yeah. that extension that's worked out so well uh oh it's just absolutely shat upon i mean every everything they did at that point was shat upon but it was that was a that was a weird one and that one did not endear a lot of people and the the, the credit to ross atkins and mark shapiro for going through with that weird extension that somehow worked out i guess uh, he has, he's been so good. In 2017, he was obviously like bonkers good. And in 2018, he was good again. He has the same career Blue Jay slugging percentage as like John Olrood and higher than Adam Lind and just behind Joe Carter. That's like, fucked. Legends. <laughs> I mean, that's just slugging, but that doesn't necessarily mean a ton. But it doesn't mean nothing. He's been good. He's been really good. Good for him. And then, of course, he's good at a time when there's first base. There's no value. You know, you're going to trade him. But now you can't trade Justin Smoke. He's a franchise legend. He's a cornerstone of the franchise. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I, I heard on Birds All Day that he's better than uh, than John Olward, uh, which is crazy. Um, I don't know what else. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Blue Jays, something, speaking of things that are good, they, they've uh, signed John Axford to a minor league deal. With an invite to spring, an opportunity to make a team similar to last year, I, you'd have to go. You'd have to be a, an even bigger ghoul to find a fly in this, other than the fact that maybe it's not the most competitive move. But this is what he wanted, and they brought him back. It's good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nothing to be. Uh, yeah, nothing bad to say about that. It was fun having Axford there. He's got the wacky mustache at times, and he's, uh, uh, you know, local kid wants to be here. Uh, that which is rare, I think, right? So yeah, yeah. You know, what uh, uh, what more could you want in a year where you're going to see a lot of fucking relievers going through the bullpen doors? Uh, one of them you can really you can really cheer for and already feel you know a connection with. He actually pitched pretty well last year. Got himself traded. Then he was really had, then he didn't pitch well <laughs> for the poor Dodgers. I mean, he only pitched a couple times. Then he got hurt bad. Um, but, uh, yeah, no harm, no, nothing bad with that. Nothing, no, no, no downside. 
First, you got to worry about the kids. You got to give the kids a chance to play, right? You got a you know, you've got a veteran blocking the next great. I don't know. What's Patrick Murphy going to do? What are you going to do with Patrick Murphy now that you got John Axford? Aren't these the things we're supposed to care about now? I guess. I guess. Sorry, I'm just hearing the shitty kid who lives below me fucking making a lot of noise. Kids having a rough week. I shouldn't be too harsh, but man alive. Like a small kid? (laughs) I don't know if if you're catching it on the mic. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, Too small for me to be angry about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like someone carrying on. No, no, no. Like an actual child. No, no, no. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. That, that, no one feels worse about that than the people that already live in that house. So, that's uh, you don't need... 100% true, yeah. Um, speaking of little kids, I want to give a shout out to... Uh, I took my kid to see the women's national hockey team play against the U.S. today. And then by, by chance and by uh, some fun connections that our, the coach of her team has... She, they got to meet like the whole team and got autographs from like the entire team and everyone was amazing and they sat there in the stands in their fucking shorts and uh, like hockey Under Armour gear signing autographs for all these little kids on their jerseys and on their sweaters and stuff. It was awesome. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's um, amazing. So thanks to them and thanks to the people that made it happen. Um, what else is going on? Anything else in my little note thing here? Pissing and moaning about the payroll. We did that. I think we, uh, I think we covered that, yeah. <laughs> Barucky, Devin Travis going to change positions? God, I do not want to talk about that. Uh, that's about it, I guess. So you got anything else? Anything else pressing? What do you? What do you? What was in your uh, mailbag this week? What do the What do the people want to talk about? Oh God, I don't know. Well, you know, <laughs> whatever we've been talking about, probably. I don't know. I did a chat this week. It was quite. It was good. Starting to mm-hmm. preview. Uh, you know, breaking down different parts of the the. Uh, team i looked at the rotation i think the behind the plate is the next one that's coming up uh you know there's uh, danny jansen that's a danny jansen i was looking at actually uh some of the projection stuff i mentioned before his uh it's fraa i don't know if, how you pronounce the the acronym that baseball prospectus uses as its uh, defensive sort of catch-all metric uh mm-hmm. but his projection it would make him the fourth worst defensive player in baseball Fourth worst defensive player in baseball. Yeah, uh, and it, I don't know if you dug in. Is there um, a single cause for that, or is it he's bad at all of the aspects that that fra fra measures throwing? <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, it measures throwing and it measures receiving. Like, uh, sorry, it measures like throwing runs and blocking and uh, uh, the other one. Um, framing or the, is the big one, and then yeah. I'm not sure whatever else it measures, but I know it measures those. So is there is he just bad at all those things? I think you know, I in the big leagues last year he was pretty average at uh, it seemed like everything. Um, his reputation is not that that he's a little bit below average, but it's like the bat that's going to carry him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know, like they they have minor league fra as well, um, <clears throat> which did not look upon him as kindly as he like he was above average. Uh, defender apparently for his short time in the big leagues and uh uh but in the minors it didn't not so great and yeah you know I, I don't know it's a curious one it's one uh i'm going to explore a little bit but uh i mean what the hell is the alternative you want to see what the hell J- danny jansen has to do uh if it if he you know defends his way out of the position you've at least got uh the exciting duo of reese mcguire and uh 
Luke Maley. Uh, I am excited by that <laughs> duo. <laughs> right? Uh, but I mean, no, I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, you know, even though the stakes have sort of changed um, for, you know, for for bad defensive catchers, I think there's a, maybe less room in the game for, for bad defensive catchers these days. But uh, from what it sounds like, Jansen and McGuire are like a perfectly capable kind of the glove guy and the bat guy. Like you can make that work. Yeah, I think so. On, on a good team and a bad team. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, it's so... I think Jansen's only projected about to be about worth a half win by the uh, by Pakota on BP, but uh, he's like a three win guy on the other side on uh, from Steamer at uh, Fangraphs. So uh, interesting that how there's that discrepancy, but also Steamer doesn't use any framing numbers, so that could, that could be the end of that discussion right there. It will I be. I don't think he's that bad a framer, but I mean, I, I know you know I noticed that Keith Law mentioned it when he you know Jansen just missed his top hundred, and and it comes up that he's you know. I, I think Law, I, I, when I was looking into this stuff, I reread Law's comment, which was basically like, he's below average, you know, receiving behind the plate, but not so much that, you know, he can't be an everyday catcher. So, you know, take that for what it's worth, I guess. The, 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 the scare, uh, the, the scary stuff about his potentially bad defense. It definitely takes time, I think, to be revealed as a bad catcher, especially in like a counting stat perspective. Um, if he was, you know, a little bit of noise in those early days, um, you know, if, being up for a month, it's hard to move the needle that far off the, the, you know, from the from the median, from the mean or whatever. The, yeah. It, in in time, it will it accumulates like oh he's missed a lot of strikes over the five thousand pitches that he caught this year as opposed to in like the fifteen hundred that he made. It. In yeah, I think he had like 35 games last year. It's hard to project defense. We don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's all it's all hooey anyway. Right. Nobody really believes that catcher defensive stats are a thing worth counting. I think. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Got anything else? I don't. Uh, there's lots of cool season preview stuff coming up. From you and your colleagues at The Athletic, I know it's started to roll out. Caitlin McGrath is something that's fun about, like, what's going to happen in spring training. And John Lott's down there taking beautiful John Lott photos. So, lots to get excited about. It seems like they're, they've are they rolled out a big fantasy package. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there are uh, yeah, John, discount uh, codes. Hmm? John Sickles uh, is now uh, at The Athletic as well. Doing all the oh, prospect yeah, yeah. stuff, which is cool. And uh, Grant Brisby as well. Yeah, uh, that was awesome. I'm sure yeah. most people knew. Um, but that's pretty cool. I think he's going to be focused mostly on the Giants. He wrote about the the A's, I think, today, which is mm-hmm. uh, old habits dying hard. But, yeah, it's exciting stuff going on over there. Exciting uh, from everyone else. I know that uh, Keegan Masson is running through his, the, his uh, top prospect kind of coverage, uh, as, among other things there at Baseball Toronto. He's down in Florida breaking news and getting yeah, yeah, Ryan, there. Yeah, there's a thing. Ryan, Ryan Firabend. Uh, which is how you pronounce it, because I'm looking at his baseball reference page. But he was he was in the KBO for like four years. He's a is a knuckleballer. The Jays have uh, he's a knuckleball. So up. I know I remember when he played for the Mariners. Yeah, he was like a Mar- big Mariners prospect, I believe, or he was like at least in their system and kind of up and down. And it was him. I don't. Is he? He's not Australian, is he? But he reminds me of the uh, hyphen. What was that guy's name? Uh, Ryan Roland Smith. 
Ryan Roland Smith, yeah, they were like in the same sort of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I I remember him from. Cohort. Yeah, he was. He'd been around for a while before, and you're right. He came up with the Mariners. Hey, three oh four ERA in the uh, in the KBO last year. The K- um, that's good in the KBO where they're they're trying to find ways to like bring the offense down. They're oh, changing the baseball. Except actually, that's 2017. I, I haven't fully looked into this uh, to his whole story yet, but there's no there's no 2018 stats on there. So. Uh, you know, there's that, something that could to watch. Be anything. A that could be anything. I mean, maybe maybe we can get Josh Tolley back. I saw Josh Tolley somewhere. Old friend Josh Tolley is like a minor league invite somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but he's on somebody's roster. He's showing up at somebody's camp. He's what <laughs> he's what he's the kind of guy. One of those guys that is been invited to camp, doesn't get paid, and is really just there to catch bullpens. Um, like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, it, my tone is not reflective of how I feel. That's kind of tragic. That they just bring these guys to camp, like just catch bullpens, and then you're gone. Like get cut early when sometimes, everybody gets farmed out. Sometimes you end up being Eric Kratz, like playing in the NLCS, though, too. True, <laughs> true for the beautiful, beautiful Milwaukee Brewers. Bless them up. Bless the Brewers. Bless the Reds. At least they're trying. National League's kind of interesting. Yeah, Puig on the Reds. Puig and Votto must watch. Let's go. Absolutely, that is like the team. The team for which you are to cheer, except for the Brewers, of course. You got Christian Yelich out there dragging the, the owner <laughs> or the president of the Marlins around by his hair, talking about it being anti-player and just smoking him. Great, Christian Yelich, <laughs> my MVP. Christian, Christian Yelich, whose uh, Steamer projection is exactly equal to Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s in terms what? of more, at least. Yeah, That's both in five five point one wins. Ninth best in baseball, Vlad Jr. and the NL MVP, exact same war projection. Well, but those what those numbers don't know is that he's really a bad teammate, and he needs to get <laughs> seasoning until April fifteenth when the team goes to Minnesota. That's what he needs. That's it for this very up and down edition of Birds All Day. Uh, thank you for everybody for listening. Spring training is here. We need. I need more sun. I need more sun vibes. I need that that grapefruit league uh, action to to give me life here. Dismal, the dismal time of year. I was I was on the go train today for reasons that are my own, and I was staring out over the lake and everything's so gray and gross and there's dead bald trees like everywhere. And that was the word that just kept coming. I'm like, ah, dismal Ontario February. Spring training will is this will we'll fix this all up. Some sun. In, yeah, indeed, indeed. Whatever. All right. Uh, for Andrew Stone, <laughs> my name is Drew Fairservice. We will talk to you next week on Birds All Day. <laughs>